Hi, I'm Sherry Fellow, the founder of Bloombase. And I'm Allison Lochran, Bloombase partner in crime. Welcome to the Power 2 podcast. On this podcast, you will hear women discussing how, when, and why they feel powerful, and when they don't, how to get there. Power 2 is personal power, the ability to choose our own states and behaviors. Our intent with this podcast isn't just to have a great conversation. Our intent is really to create a space that opens up possibilities and may even change behaviors. So welcome to Power 2. Hi, I'm Sherry Fella, the founder of Bloombase. And I'm Allison Lochran. Welcome to the Power 2 podcast. Welcome back to those of you who have listened to us before. Um, we wanted to thank everyone who has continued to listen and continue to provide feedback. We greatly appreciate that. And to also thank Kent, our fantastic sound engineer in the utility room, for making us sound so professional. Um, I'm going to let Sherry sort of kick off with where we are going to go with our conversation today. Yeah, so in this podcast, our intention is to talk about the power to lead. So we have personal power, and then we also are given power in the different roles that we have. Right. And for me, power to lead is one of the most important roles we have if you're in the business world, or any world. But certainly in corporate America, I think that's where a lot of change can happen. Right. So, Sherry, then, was that the catalyst that drew you to the experience you just went through, the workshop with Brene Brown that I want you to talk about? Oh, yeah. Such a great question. Um yeah, I think that was a big catalyst. I think for years we've been doing this work in these hard spaces with leaders. And we specifically have been. Right. For sure. Okay. Well, all right. I'll own that. Um, <laughs> Good. And I think we've intuitively known that. We certainly have had research around neuroscience and emotional intelligence for many years now. But what Dr. Brene Brown's work does is really give us very specific research around those behaviors and what, around what creates connection and what creates disconnection, okay. around what real empathy is, around what it really isn't, around what is daring leadership and brave leadership, and what does that take in terms of vulnerability and courage. So I think her research is bringing to the forefront the language we all need to talk about the things that scare us. Mm. Right. So that we can find our own bravery and actually move through those dark places and get to better light. So for us, really, what Brene is talking about, that's really what Power 2 leadership is all about for us. I, I absolutely think so. I, I, I didn't know that when we started this out because I hadn't been to her experience or seen, really even finished her book or seen her newest level of research. But yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it for sure. But Power 2 leadership is... Important because it is what creates connection and possibility. It is what creates safety and healthy environments. And I think that's what's absent, particularly in corporate America. I'll focus in on that. There are some for-purpose organizations, small businesses, some corporations even, but right. largely corporate America. I think we'd all agree that power to leadership is absent. I would agree. I would agree. I think that the conversation around that is shifting. Mm -hmm. But I think that overall, it's still, that's something that's perceived as, it's a nice to have. It's a, mm -hmm. that feels, that's a, that's a soft skill. Mm -hmm. It's it's not really, this is the type of leader we're looking for and the type of company we want to be. Yeah. Which is so fascinating to me, isn't it? Because to be a leader in a power to space is so much harder than a power over. Oh, God. I mean, power over, I'm not saying it's healthy in the long run for the individual exerting that style. But in terms of 
what hard spaces you have to hold, power over is pretty easy. So I think we need to change the conversation around that. That is such a great point because all it is is command. Yes. You come in, you command, you control, you leave. You don't have to worry about how you feel, how they feel, what impact you left. No. You just, did you get shit done today? Yes, I did. Okay, my job is done. Doesn't matter the consequence. But to sit in a power two space, it's freaking exhausting. And you're never done. You're never done. You can't just give directive and leave. Right. That is such a great point. It's so interesting that people perceive it as, oh, yeah, that's just, mm, you know, it's just too soft. And, you know, and, all. and you know why I think they say that? Because it involves emotion. Yes. But you know why they really are saying it? Why? Because they're scared of it's that scary. emotion. Yes. It's not because it's soft. It's because deep inside they're like, holy shit, I cannot <laughs> do that. It is. It's scary. And I don't want anyone to see I can't do that. So I'm just going to call it something fluffy and make fun of it so no one wants to touch it with me. But it's really because I'm terrified. Yes. So for every leader out there listening to this now, yes, I'm calling you out if you just have that reaction. <laughs> because that connection piece has, oh, I mean, that was the whole reason why we wanted to do this podcast. Right. Is like there is a different model for leadership we need to have. We can be causing a lot less harm. Mm-hmm. And we can actually all start to like going to work again, you right. know. And feel like we're mm-hmm. really being impactful and having connection and that it has to just have, doesn't have to be this part of your life where you have to exist soullessly until you can leave and be with be where you really want to be with people exactly. you really want to be with exactly so I, I mean to me that's why it's important to discuss this kind of approach to leadership it's not even an approach it's a philosophy right. it's a practice it's a practice it's a over practice. and over again every hour of every day you're never done you just hope you get better and better at it so true. And I don't know what's harder than that, but that is freaking hard work. You're right. So for those of you who are listening and are like, oh, I love my job. Great. We're not talking to you. <laughs> Turn this off right yeah, now. Because you're one of like 1%. Um, but, but I bet there are people mm-hmm. at your work that don't feel the same way. Oh, for sure. It's not universal. For sure. You might have a good situation and a right. good leader. Right. But not everybody does it, even at your own company, in your right. own department. Because the we all know that, right? The it's now kind of an old adage that we all know that people leave they don't leave jobs or companies, they leave bosses, they mm-hmm. leave leaders. And I think that's so much so evident right now in the toxic environments that that so many people are really feel like they have no choice but to to be in that. And I do think they have choice in it. I do think they can influence it from a from a leadership perspective from wherever they are. I think we okay. can all practice power too. So I would like you to say more about that because I think that that's something that when I think of leadership, <clears throat> I know that even within you know my friend group or uh, you know people I talk to at work, not everyone aspires to be a capital L leader mm-hmm. and be in charge of people or a department or a business unit. But what you were just saying was that you can still be engaged in these behaviors even if you're not someone's boss? I believe that we have way more choice and ability to influence than we think we do from every position we're in. Right. Now, we're framing our conversation today around leadership or leading. Um, And I don't even mean in the business context, even though I call out corporate America. I mean, as a parent, as a sister, Mm -hmm. as a PTA leader, you know. As a spouse. As a spouse, as a community, a neighbor. Um, because that power, too, I think, is is in all of us. We just have to choose it. And choosing it is hard. Right. To really want to get to know yourself well enough to be accountable 
for your behavior, regardless of what's happening around you, that's hard. So maybe that was where I was hoping you were going to go was Mm -hmm. what does that behavior look like? Power to behavior. Correct. Mm -hmm. And you just sort of alluded to a little bit is owning your choices and... I feel like we've had this conversation for like five years. Um, <laughs> That's true. So I guess it's many things, but the most important things for me are that power to leaders, just talk it in mm-hmm. this way. Power to leaders are absolutely accountable for their behavior. Totally and agree. And all the consequences that come with them for good, for bad, or for right. ugly. Good and bad. Yeah. Um, power to leaders choose courage over comfort. That's a Bernie Brown quote that I absolutely love. I think power to leaders are about impact for people, and it does matter how they get the impact. I think power to leaders have integrity, and that's a choice too. Right. (laughs) That's a good point. And I think power to leaders are constantly trying to learn about themselves and the people around them to constantly reconnect and realign. So I was with an executive team last week, and we— We were working on team development and emotional intelligence companies for well over a year, and they were frustrated because they'd spent so much time on their communication skills and getting aligned as a team, and they were misaligned over a project. And someone said, I can't believe we're back here again. And I said, oh, excuse me, did you actually think you were going to be done at some point? This is a process. (laughs) It's a a constant. A a constant practice. A constant process. A constant choice. To show up right. in whatever state you're in and own the state you're in and help people understand what that is and be accountable for when you mess up because we're all going to. Like, that's what power to for me is. Right. It's showing up in a very authentic, open, grounded way. I would also add mm-hmm. vulnerability to that list. Oh, right. Because that's for my sure. other favorite Brene Brown word. Yeah. I I love to bring that word up because I love to see how people react to it Mm -hmm. because I think people either believe that it's necessary and it's um, a superpower Mm -hmm. or they believe that it is weakness. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely polarizing, Mm -hmm. but I think it's that's incredibly important with those types of leaders as well. And to me, that's what's connected to this choice around comfort and discomfort. So, you know, you and I have these conversations all the time that leadership is hard. I mean, being in these spaces where people are vulnerable and you're dealing with hard stuff, it's painful. And so people might say, well, why would I choose that if it's painful? I, I, I believe I have said that. <laughs> yes, right. To you. And, and what I would say to that is, well, you're going to have the pain either way. What's your choice about it? Like you can numb mm. it out. You can avoid it. It's still going to be there. So why can't we all just get good at holding the pain? And pain is part of the human experience. I mean, embarrassment is part of the human experience. Right. Messing up and hurting someone and not intentionally or intentionally doing it is part of the human, like owning those painful moments and being able to sit in them so you can get through them in a more effective, more collaborative way the next time. Mm-hmm. That's part of the work. I mean, yeah. I don't care where you are. You how, I don't know anyone who can avoid pain. No. I know I know pretty much all of us learn how to numb our numb way it. through it. Well, it's it's that's that's something we talked about last week with Dana. When you do try to avoid the mm-hmm. negative, the painful, you also manage to numb or avoid the joy. 
Right. And the true. Right. That's the that's the problem with that yeah. approach. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, I'm not trying to oversimplify this. I know a lot of a lot of us are in systems that punish us for doing that. I think we talked about that on a prior podcast. But we've only had two podcasts. But we've, well, the first we've, like we've covered a lot. It's the first one we did. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I just feel like systems that punish us if we show that vulnerability. So Correct. cultures are that way. Um, so until we start to change those, it is hard for people to lead from where they are, but it has to start with people leading from where they are. That's what changes the system. So if you're waiting on a system to be changed so you can then show up the way you want to, I would just ask you to evaluate how much pain you're willing to absorb. Mm. I mean, because that's a choice. Yep, it is. I'm not saying you have to overhaul the system, but you can influence it. So tell me, can you give me examples of how you learned to do that? Oh, wow. Um, Well, early in my career, I learned how to do it by constantly stepping in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm not proud of this, but I think—no, not not I think. I am absolutely 100% confident that when I was hurt, i.e. embarrassed, felt awkward, called out, what have you, angry, I passed it on. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was supposed to, like, just send it on down the pike to the people who then reported to me. So I think I did a lot of harm, and the way I learned not to do that was thankfully I had great mentors early on that helped me understand what that behavior was. And I think the practice of being brave enough to step into situations that I was not comfortable with because I could always, I may not know the technical answer, but I would know enough about and care enough about the other person I could create connection. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely think executive coaches, like I don't know any great leader that has not worked with a coach or counselor or both many times over in their career. And I say that because you need mirrors. You can't see yourself behaving what you know about yourself is your intention, right. but that's not enough. Right. Our intentions don't always match our actions, and we're not always aware of that gap. And we people can't see our intentions. And people can't see our intentions. So I think, you know, largely that my answer would be, how did I do that? I did that with a lot, a lot of help, a lot of help. And by being able to f- be in situations where I could fall flat on my face and figure out how to get back up again. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm still practicing. I mean, I'm not great on any one given day at any one of these things. I right. mean, it's you're just constantly trying to do better. And I think practice, you know, I wish we called it a leadership practice more often because I think that's what we're all doing is we're practicing. I think we should start doing that. Mm-hmm. We're going to start it, you and I, and everybody listening. <laughs> and everybody listening. It's not leadership. It's, it's leadership, leadership practice. practice. It's a leadership practice. It's a leadership practice. And even those leaders that I would point to to go, wow, what a great role model of this or that, they still step in it. They still mess up on any occasion and learn from it. It's the learning part, the, mm. the not holding ourselves to an imperfect, imperfect level that we can't sustain because we're right. all going to mess that up. And what gives us the bandwidth to mess up and not break trust and break connection is that everyone around us knows we're practicing just like they are too, right? right? So it's, I think it's a never-ending cycle, and it's a healthy one. But power Mm -hmm. over doesn't allow for any of that. No, not at all. It's, I think until you think about it that way as a practice, that Mm -hmm. makes it make so much sense to me. Like if you think of, I think the only thing I've ever had compared to a practice 
would be like mm. yoga, for example. Everyone calls yoga a practice yes. for a reason. Yes. There are times when you learn to go deeper into poses. There are sometimes when your body doesn't allow you to do that that day. Mm-hmm. And you sort of have to forgive yourself and move on. Mm-hmm. And you don't ever achieve it. Mm-hmm. You're just always striving and doing the best that you can do with your own physical limitations and your own body. And so that's a, that context really makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That leadership is a practice. It is a practice. It's a constantly developing and mm-hmm. developed way of being, way of showing up. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. How's your leadership practice going this week? Exactly. And that doesn't that give you a lot of permission to go, well, it went really well here and it didn't, didn't go didn't so go well so there. Good. And here's what I learned when I'm trying to do better this week. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <clears throat> I, I'm thinking of a, I was on a conference call this morning And so this is sort of leading up to a question. I was on a conference call this morning. So what do you do when you see something like a really uh, harmful leadership practice Mm. happening that's sort of outside your own sphere? There's a leader and there was some discussion about how he showed up on a call to someone who he was superior to. And it's sort of just his MO. Mm. And I think he's a technically great delivery person, but I keep hearing this feedback and it's mm-hmm. not someone I supervise or, you know, any of the partners on the phone technically do. Mm-hmm. It's a very weird setup with my business, my company. But I, you know, I think like, how do you, how do you see those things in action with people? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you feel like you want to do something about it. And you know that all these people keep moving out from underneath them because of how they're showing up in their leadership practice. This is going to be my new thing, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> like, I would just love to know what like what you can do in that. I don't know you can't do anything to them or for them or I don't know. It just I think it feels you can helpless. Do a lot. It feels See, helpless to me. I think you I love that you named this because I think a lot of people in that position would have the exact same reaction. Mm-hmm. And what I hope their leadership practice gets them to, let's just say it to you who has that MO. That you can whether you're a peer or a direct report or a supervisor or another partner who has nothing to do with you. That I could approach you and say, hey, Allison, you have a minute? Sure. Hey, I really just like to offer just my experience of you. And I just wonder if you'd be interested in that. And if so, I'd love to share it with you. That seems okay. Yeah, I think I could could do that. Yeah. Go ahead. So I just, I wonder if you've noticed the reaction that is happening around you in terms of how people experience you. Because it feels like I I have experienced a couple patterns myself. And as I observe people around you in some of these meetings, there's a pretty clear pattern of reactions people have to you and your style. Well, like what? What are you observing? What are the reactions? Yeah. And I, you you know, I can hear by your tone, it feels a little defensive. And I really want to, I care enough to really give you the feedback. So I want to make sure that I I don't want you to feel attacked. I want this to feel safe so we can have a conversation because I may be wrong. I'm just saying, I wonder what you notice. Do you notice anything? Um, I don't think I do. Yeah. I don't think I know what, what you're, what you're, talking about, really. Yeah. I would just have you notice it in the next meeting as you're talking. And what I mean is sometimes you're so passionate about getting what you want and getting stuff done. And let's be honest, you're known for that. You're known for getting results. That's why you've been successful here. And I just wonder if you ever thought about what other impacts you might be having unintentionally on the people in the room with you or the people on the team with you. I guess I haven't ever watched that. Yeah. 
And many of us haven't. I can't see myself either. And the reason I want to offer this impact or this observation to you is because so many people have done it for me and it has been really transformative for me. And I'm not saying, I am not saying it will be for you. I just know I really have appreciated people that have pointed that out to me. And what I notice in some of these meetings is that your passion gets misread as a real command and control. And I just don't get that feel for me. That's what you want. I get that you want the task done. But I think I know you well enough to know that's not how you want people to feel. And I just wonder maybe next meeting if you could notice that. So, again, I could be off. I'm just wondering what you notice about it. Well, I guess I'll have to look and see what I notice. Yeah. And, yes, by the way, what you just witnessed was an unrehearsed role play between Sherry and I. We just dropped right into that. (laughs) I mean, if I got that kind of reaction— I would really ask a lot of questions about that. So I think that's when people stop is when someone has the reaction they're not expecting. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go into that conversation attached to an outcome. Right. My only job is to share what I'm experiencing. And if eyes roll or the person gets defensive or whatever, then I just deal with that as it comes. But mm-hmm. I think you have to hang in there. You know, behavior is, it's a practice too. It's not going to change overnight. It might take a few conversations right. with a really strong personality like that. But if you keep coming back and your only agenda is, hey, I just, I want you to know if you know that you're known for being a complete asshole in this organization. Because I doubt someone's ever told him that. No, and his, his no first one would re- be brave enough. His first act- reaction might even be, you know what, I don't care, get results. Right. And that's great. I, would I was say, trying to think of something like that that would probably be something that he would be similar to something he would say. Yeah. And if he did say that, I might say something like, wow, that's really unfortunate because I don't think that's a fair representation of you. And I think you actually care more than that. So if you ever if you ever want to talk about that, I'd be happy to, to be in a safe space with you about it. Because I actually don't want people in the same company I represent to be known as that. To be thought of in that way. Yeah. So it's important to me enough to bring it to you. I can't can't change who you are or make you do anything, but it's really makes me really sad to hear that. That was like being coached by the Zen master. Really, when you're sort of like, it feels like you're 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 feeling defensive, and I don't intend for it to be that way. I intend for this to be a safe space. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a great, that's a great comment to use. I think that's very mm-hmm. disarming. Well, and I think you know it's why we talk so much about empathy in this work. If if you can really understand, forget all the vibrato and the posturing and offensiveness. It's just another human being that's really terrified. His fear is just right. coming out. And they may not even be conscious of it. So I can right. sit in that space with them to say, oh, that's just a scared reaction. And I can hang in a little longer because we leave often, I think, with that guy having that reaction. We leave and be like, what an asshole. When mm-hmm. We've been equally badly behaving as well. But we don't own that part of it because he was the asshole first. Right. Well, so you don't have to be accountable. Now what do we do? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so I just... Yeah. I know those aren't easy conversations, but it's also not easy to keep coming to work day after day and working for an asshole. Yeah. Like, you have a choice in this. You can you can at least try. If it doesn't work, what do you have to lose? I mean, more That's often than point. not, those leaders who are used to that power over style, over style, one, I don't think they've ever been given the feedback. More often than not, that's my experience. Mm-hmm. Two... They're so shocked by it. It does take them a few times, a few data points to understand and even hear it. And then three, those behaviors that have made you successful are hard to unlearn. Right. So I've, I can't just go in and be like, well, I gave Allison her feedback. She didn't change. On Monday, I gave it to her, and by Tuesday, she was still the same. What? <laughs> 
if that's your expectation, <laughs> don't go in. Because I don't want anyone to have that expectation of me right. when I'm trying to really put new practice into play. So let's just feel like, gosh, can't we all just have a little more humanity with each other? Yes, right. even the jerks, even the hard people, especially them. Especially actually. the hard people. Those are the people I think that really are, you know, coming from a place of fear or a reaction to something else. And I mean, I want to say, like, they're the people that need the most help. Sometimes people that need help don't look like people that need help. Right, but, right. But definitely people that like that, it feels like reactions to things or inappropriate reactions to something that's triggered, Yeah, something that's totally unrelated. You know, you can you can almost see that in them. And if they're not in the practice of, as you have been building awareness around that, they don't know it's happening. I mean, often more often than not, that is not intentional behavior on their part. Mm-hmm. So I loved Jamie Lee Curtis had this bully campaign years ago, and she, the slogan of the whole campaign was "Hurt people, hurt people." Hurt people. That's what it sort of is. And I, yeah. I keep that in my head for all kinds of people in all walks of life. And if you can hold that space of empathy, not to enable their behavior, not to condone it, even accept it's not about them is the thing. It's about how do you want to show up in those situations? It's easy to look at people who are hard or wounded or whatever and discount them or decide, you know, blame them for you not wanting to engage. But you still own your half of the relationship, mm-hmm. period, full stop. I'm really giving some serious thought to having that conversation. With that oh, my God. I hope you do. Then you can tell us how it went. It'll, it would be terrifying. But you know what? I think why I've been thinking about it is that he is such a great—he <clears throat> can be a great connector. And he's mm-hmm. a great delivery person, and he's enthusiastic. Like you said when you said yeah. about being passionate, Yes, I know a lot of it comes from there. But then it just gets, like, tipped over to the wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes anger or frustration. And and so the, all those things are there. Like, I, I don't think I would care if I didn't think he had all those other things that would make him such an incredible exactly. leader if he could just manage this other part of his personality a little better. And I think I love that. And I love questions for him to consider, like, but how do you want to be known here? Right. Right. Rarely is the answer. <laughs> As a giant asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's really what I'm going for. I think when, I, when I'm at the top of the asshole mountain, I'm going to be big celebration Super. day. Big celebration day. Big. It's, it's, I'm going to be real proud so, of that day. <laughs> well, and I, I just, you said something about coaching zone. I just want to demystify that to say, because I get asked that a lot by the executives I work with, God, how do you sit in those spaces? Well, one, it's easy to sit in other spaces because I'm not in it. Let's just be honest. But two, I think when you do the work of the practice and you're continually trying to learn more about yourself, you really aren't triggered as much or manipulated when everything isn't a threat. Right. So Great point. if I'm not in a threat response and I know who I am and I'm not going to take on whoever this other person is and all their emotion, I'm just going to own my lane. Mm-hmm. Do I get triggered? Absolutely. But as often, no. I just don't view things. The, only, the biggest threat I have is me. Right. <laughs> so I think just to demystify that, I don't think it takes a coaching zone to be in those um Don't get me wrong. I think coaches have great skills, and they work on them Mm -hmm. constantly. I do think all you really need is just a little curiosity and a little empathy, and that will carry you a long way. Mm. 
just to get to know yourself well enough to know that the other person isn't a threat. Only you can make them a threat. Right. So. Right. That makes sense. I just want to throw that out there before we got too far down the Zen path. Because <laughs> um, I do think it's hard. It is. The only way to get better is to practice. I know. Allison. I know. It's a constant Given struggle. her the eagle eye. It's like time to do this. So back to our earlier conversation, you were talking about some characteristics of how, what you feel like a power to leader looks like or how a power to leader shows up. And you mentioned courage over comfort and you mentioned um, you mentioned accountability. That was what I wanted to go back to. Mm-hmm. Do you have any examples or any stories about how accountability looks in a power to leader? Are you asking that because I went on my accountability tirade? I was um, triggered so perhaps, badly. Perhaps I did ask it for that reason. <laughs> yeah, accountability is so huge for me. And something I really hold at least my client partners really accountable to. Um, accountability to me is everything. I mean, it's really hard to build trust without it. I think it's really hard to build sustainable connection without it. True. And to me, accountability is understanding what is my work. And what is someone else's? What is my role? What is someone else's? I don't even mean accountability in a racy matrix. I mean, accountability to own my part of this relationship. Mm. So I mentioned passing on hurt earlier. Right. I'm accountable as a leader not to do that. So if I just came from a meeting with my superiors and I am honked off, I am accountable for dealing with my own stuff and not passing it on. And then showing up for your team in a constructive way to handle what is happening and what needs to happen. Exactly. I'm accountable to family systems in the same way. You know, I'm not a parent, but I, I hope that leaders who are, if they've had a high impact, high intensity, high frustration day, How do you build a practice and that gives you time to decompress so you don't take that and pass it on? That's accountability. How are you accountable for, you know, poor performance? You know, if you're in meetings constantly railing on Allison because she's not picking up the pace and she's still, you know, six months into her pip and she's not, what is your accountability here? Mm -hmm. Why are we torturing this human being? Right. Is it a capability issue? Is it, you know, that's accountability. I'm accountable for... Being able, even in the hardest spaces, to not meet anger with anger, hurt with hurt, Ugh. harm with harm. And that's Why is hard. That so hard. Why is that so hard? Because you're human. <laughs> I know. Because you're human. Um, it's and that's such where the practice default. comes in. Yeah. Trust me, I get it. I mean, especially when there are places of unfairness or injustice, I am, I'm ready to get my hurt shield out. And just put someone in their place. But then I've only done what they've done. And now I feel like I have an excuse for it. And I don't. I've actually mimicked the very behavior that, you know. Right. So accountability, I think, is a big word. But it's really important for people to understand that if you find yourself in patterns of complaining or patterns of frustration or low energy or whatever your symptom is, you own some of that because you're Mm -hmm. choosing to endure it and not change it. Right. And I think that even becomes a crutch in leadership in the business world of not taking that accountability and, you know, making it 
a team problem Mm -hmm. when it's really probably just yours or your leadership style or your goals aren't clear to the team and then suddenly it's their it's their issue. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a big thing to me is own, leaders owning their part in whatever it is that's happening, and yes. not like this is a them issue, this is their business unit issue, this is my team's issue, or that person on the team. Like not saying how have I created a place, or how can I create a place where things become different mm-hmm. as as a leader, or what what is my part in this, and how do I change that. It's more like, what's wrong? Whose fault is it? And how do we yeah. change that? Exactly. I hate that mentality. Yes, because it's let's harm, 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 <laughs> harm. Right. Like there's just disconnection everywhere. I was in a team building exercise last week and the, the executives in the room got some news they were waiting for, but it was not the news they wanted. Mm-hmm. They got news that said, you know, not only is this going to be a financial downturn, we actually are going to force the layoff. We promised we wouldn't. Oh. Right. It just kills you, right? And it was masterful because those leaders have been practicing the things you and I are talking about. They didn't go out and deliver this robotic message about we have no power. We're sorry. This is. They went out and they were like, hey, you know what? This sucks. This is hard. We fall sad about it. We understand the business decision about it. But we also want you to know our hearts are where yours are. So we're all just going to take the day, and we're going to feel how we need to feel. We're going to do our jobs. We're going to feel how you feel. And tomorrow, we're going to put our heads together and figure out what possibilities and choices we do have within this new context. Like, because there's still possibility and choice within right. that crappy context that you have. You get right. to choose how you want to react to that. You get to choose how you want to support each other through mm-hmm. that. Like, I just thought that was such a masterful reframe of this turd they just got delivered. Like, it's right. still a turd. My grandma used to say, it's still a turd. <laughs> you can't polish a turd. All right. Um, but it was such a beautiful modeling of power two. That is the case study of power two. Wasn't that? There. I mean, seriously. That I was... was and I would love to take credit for some masterful coaching I did or something. No. It was like they so quickly shifted to that because they have been working so hard on that with each other and with their teams. It was really, I was like, oh, I would so want to work for that team. You know, so want to be there. Right. Wow. I, I, I feel very strong we should just finish our conversation there. <laughs> and on that great example of what we really are talking about when we talk about power to leaders mm-hmm. and um, power to leadership and a leadership practice. Yeah. So let's just, we're just going to, we're just going to mm-hmm. wrap there. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to leave our listeners with a call to action, a possibility, maybe a new insight. And for me... Maybe there are many things you could focus on, but for me, I really love you to start to think about and notice when are you choosing comfort over courage? When are you not standing in your own integrity? When are you noticing you might be causing some unintentional disconnection or harm to others? And just notice it and just start your own practice around building awareness and begin the journey to power to you.